Nosy Nancy's is a true crime podcast that deals with real life situations. If you are sensitive to any of the trigger words, this is not the podcast for you. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, all you nosies. I'm Aliqua. And I'm Jasmine. And welcome to Nosy Nancy's episode five. What a freaking episode this is going to be. I mean, last episode. Okay, last episode really fucking got my panties in a bunch, I'll tell you. Yeah, that was really creepy. I was stuttering the entire time because I was so flustered. (laughs) I I remember, like, listening to it when I was editing it, and I was like, holy shit, I sound like a machine gun. (laughs) (laughs) That's what, I can't get that image out of my head of, of somebody who drowns standing up. Oh, I was talking about Raul Mesa Jr., but yeah, Todd Geib, yeah, that was a that was a crazy. Oh, one too. okay, yeah, I forgot all about that. So edit <laughs> that out. <laughs> wow, you <laughs> you were so traumatized that you just blocked that right out. You disassociated the entire time. You're probably you're probably disassociating right now. Do you know who you are? Yes. Is, is Todd is Todd keeping you in his basement? <laughs> I wish. No. Uh, I know. You're like nobody has to fucking chain me up. I'll stay willingly. Yeah. I'll stay here as long as they'll let me. Then if you ever die, you'll just haunt his ass, so it's fine. Yeah, true. So it's a win-win for me. I mean, some people might think that's mental illness, but I think that's just dedication, Jasmine. I do too. It's just love. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we haven't really been able to talk very much because you've been so busy now that you have I know. Now that you have a freaking live and you're not agoraphobic anymore agoraphobic Um, agoraphobic. what did i say agoraphobic agoraphobic i'm so i'm so afraid of the crops (laughs) (laughs) and sandwiches you probably have a really hard time with sandwiches because it's wheat and vegetables (laughs) yeah i can't eat that shit (laughs) anyways so you're out and about you've been having a life I know. I've been having having a life. I've been on the road. I've been like taking a lot of little road trips. Yeah. Uh yeah, like I mean, not really. I mean, you know, like seeing Todd, it's like a two hour, like two hours almost. Not fully, but you know. So I've been driving a lot more than usual. And I mean, I've have realized like I'm a really bad fucking driver. Like I'm surprised I'm allowed. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, let me tell you. I don't know what the fuck is going on on the roads. I feel you remember. <laughs> you remember? I taught myself how to drive. I think I remember that. Yeah, you didn't get a car till you were like 
over 21. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 Because nobody would fucking teach me how to drive. They all said I'd be dangerous. But mom was like, here, here's my keys. Just don't want to go with you. So, but once, you know, I got comfortable behind the wheel, mom realized too that like I could run, go run errands for her. So she was always sending me out. But basically like since. Oh yeah, I, I remember that. In like neighborhood roads, I have no fucking idea what's going on out there. Like I. Like construction, if I'm if I'm the first car in a line that has stopped for construction, I'm like, what am I supposed to fucking do? Like, where am I supposed to go? Like, there's no pilot car or nothing. I'm like, I guess I'll just have to guess. You're like, <laughs> I guess I'll just sit here until the end of time. <laughs> I don't know what to do. What do you cut in front of me? Do people walk in front of, walk in front of the car until I get to the end? Oh God. Do people, do people honk at you a lot when you're driving on the road? No, no, no. Which is Robin. a surprise because I cut a lot of people off. <laughs> <laughs> well, yep. You definitely learned how to drive in Austin. That's for sure. Yeah. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what too. It's, it's weird because there's like two types of people and it's, and it's people who are like severely aggressive or it's like people who are just like queefing around and queefing? fucking like. <laughs> like taking their time just, going everywhere did you just say queefing around yes, around? <laughs> yes. I'm not, like I'm they're not just sure. not around. <laughs> I don't think that's how I don't think that's what queefing <laughs> means <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're just they're just fucking off no whenever I drive I like almost hit somebody every time every time really it never fails yeah, because people people are dumb. Like they don't first of all, when you merge onto anywhere, you're supposed to merge like a zipper. <clears throat> so one car goes and then the car behind it goes and the, you know, it's like you merge together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, people like don't do yeah, people don't do that. No, they don't do that because their kid is more important than anybody else on this planet and they have right. you know, ballet at five thirty and it's five forty five. Yeah. So but then you go to the country and they're like <clears throat> they're bad in different ways you know yeah yeah true because because herman that's 95 is driving like four miles an hour you know what i mean yes he's on a 70 so, on a 70 mile per hour road yeah listen jesus forgot about him he's got nowhere to go yeah All he's right? just taking it He'll be here to the end of time is basically what's going to happen with that. <laughs> like his car is God's waiting room and he's just, <laughs> he's just waiting around. Just waiting around, oh Herman. He's waiting around, Neil Herman. We're, we'll probably die in our 60s. 60s? Was, <laughs> well, oh, no? Is that, too, is that too late for you? I mean, that seem, that just seems like a lot of time. I just feel like you're going to end up living to be like 110 just out of pure spite, Jasmine. <laughs> <laughs> Seems to be the way my bloodline, my bloodline goes. goes so. How old was Gigi when she died? You know, Gigi like claimed that her birth certificate got burnt up in a fire. So <laughs> she claimed to be like, I don't know. I want to say she claimed to be like fifty-five for like uh, at least at least uh, twelve years. Yeah, she was probably fifty-five in nineteen twelve. You know yeah. what I mean? I, 
no, <laughs> no idea how old she was. Nothing has been going on with me. I've uh, literally have just been um, working and suffering. <clears throat> what are you suffering? Uh, life, Jasmine. <laughs> That's what just I'm life suffering. in general. Just life in general. Yeah. Just yeah. suffering from being here. We've got a lot of new people listening to the podcast, which is awesome. I know. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really excited about that. Me too. Thank I'm you. like, yeah, thank you. Oh, I do want to say there's a, there's a, there's a lady. Her <laughs> name is uh, Cindy and she drives an Uber and she, I was like, oh, wow, we've gotten so many listens. And she goes, she goes, yeah, they're all from me. I've been listening to your podcast like 17 times. <laughs> Oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) So, Cindy, thank you for keeping us delusional. I really love that. Yeah, thanks, Cindy. We really (laughs) appreciate all the effort. (laughs) (laughs) So if y'all need an Uber, y'all, y'all try to contact Cindy. She's pretty, she's pretty fly. Yeah. Get in Cindy's car. Yeah, get in Cindy's car. She's safe. Do you want to like dive into this case because I'm I'm pretty excited because you're you okay so you decided to do Christopher White and not Martin Gutierrez right yeah Martin Gutierrez uh I know uh, he he has a lot to kind of cover we know a lot about his um case and we know we know a little bit more about Christopher White's than the some of the previous cases so but uh I hear your guy has a lot of has a oh, lot of yeah. information so yeah Lucas Holman yeah he's yeah he's got a lot on him um cool yeah well I'll just I'll just get started and get out of your way yeah I was like <laughs> any any time now <laughs> any day honey yeah. okay. <laughs> I mean I'll, let's be honest I don't have anything to do so <laughs> so just whatever no rush um so Christopher White, he was found in Lake Austin, October 6th of 2018. And he was 25 years old when he passed away. Uh, so Christopher White, he was identified by his fingerprints after the autopsy. So my assumption is that, you know, by the time they found him, he was not easily identifiable. Um, he had actually traveled to Austin from Minneapolis, Minnesota to attend ACL with some friends and Mm. they had rented a residence near the festival, uh, close to Emma Long park. So it was actually quite, you know, quite a ways away from Zilk park. Really? Yeah. Emma Long, Emma Long. That's off of, uh, that's off of 2222. It's ACL. So I'm sure everything was fucking booked up, you know? Yeah. So maybe that was the only place that they can get into, or maybe they just wanted that that twenty two twenty two lifestyle. Maybe. Um, but um, <clears throat> so they went to the festival. Mm-hmm. So he was not alone at the festival, but they did, you know, drink heavily and party and everything. Uh, when they came back that evening to the house that they had rented near Emmalong Park. They um, were drinking, I guess, all night long because at about 6 a.m. is when uh, Chris told them that he was going to go outside, that he wanted to go for a walk. What? Okay. 
This happens every time. I have a friend who lives in Colorado. His name is Sean. He came to Austin one time with his brother for Mm -hmm. a bachelor party. And they were on 6th Street. And they they also rented an Airbnb. And this was in like 2019. And he said when his brother, his brother was acting really weird after they got, they were, after they had, gone to 6th Street and they went back to the Airbnb, his brother mm-hmm. was acting really weird and went off and went on a walk. And then he came he he came home, but like the fact that he was acting weird, they were drinking all night because it was a bachelor party. You know what I right. mean? Right. Right. And then and then they go back to the Airbnb. This is just like this is crazy. Just like just like Christopher White. And then he went for a walk. Fortunately his brother came back but man that's crazy yeah he just he just I guess he had told everybody that he was just gonna you know go for a walk at 6 a.m they've been drinking and partying all night all night long but who does I mean like at 6 a.m <clears throat> who does that I wouldn't do that well, <laughs> I feel like so so this is what like this is like where these cases are getting kind of disturbing because from what I understand, none of the friends actually saw him leave the house. They all kind of assumed that he like said this stuff, but that he was still hanging out somewhere in the house and nobody ever saw him like leave. So they all went to bed thinking that he was somewhere in the house. The next day when everybody like woke up is when they discovered that he had left the house without his shoes, his phone or his wallet. And um, I think his brother said that he may or may not have even like been shirtless. He was found two days later at 1 p.m. Uh, 911 received a call from a caller saying that they had seen possibly a body in Lake Austin near a dock that was in close proximity to where they were staying. Well, cause he's like really the only one that's been in Lake Austin. Yeah. He's, he's pretty far off, but I mean, the MO is, is the same. Yeah. Is pretty much the same. Yeah. Um, so Anyway, so they did come and they did scoop him up and they confirmed that it it it, it was Christopher White. Um, his toxicology report showed traces of ethanol. That's alcohol. Yes. If you need to know. Um, <laughs> cocaine, <laughs> cocaine, and MDMA. The Travis County Medical Examiner did say at the time that he was found. Of course, there's no evidence of foul play. Whatever. Right. Um, of course, this is they, APD. Yeah. So they determined it to be an accidental drowning. You know, mm-hmm. obviously, guy was was a little lit up and went for a walk at six a.m. close to the water. So that you know made sense. Yeah. Um, his brother Matt White took an emergency trip to Austin to help with the search efforts, and while he was out there, he did give an interview. That that was televised. Um, he didn't say like that he thought anything was super duper sus- like suspicious, but he did say that 
they grew up in Colorado. Like the woods and stuff was not a mystery to them. Like they were very comfortable in nature and that it was uh, a little weird that he would go missing in, you know, he was a very coordinated guy. And also just the fact that he like would leave all of his stuff back at the house. That was his shoe, his shoes, his phone, his wallet. Right. Uh, so we already knew he was on something. So his behavior obviously wasn't normal, but, but he, but I also have a friend that, you know, whenever we get together, he's, he's always partying and you know what I mean? And like, he doesn't, he doesn't do anything crazy. Like he doesn't do anything crazy like that. Like yeah. there's not, you know, his stuff is always on his, you know, his body. Like he doesn't. Right. So. Well, I mean, that's what it, I, it would depend, I guess, on how often you do that. I don't think that this kid was out at ACL deciding to do, do cocaine and MDMA and drink heavily for the first like, time. for the first time. Right. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, I think he kind of knew like what to be expecting. Um, yeah, he's 25, yeah. you know. Yeah, and he's, you know. Also, I did want to mention too that this is an active again and a super active man. Right. Uh, he his obituary stated that he loved to hike, snowboard, ride dirt bikes with his brother Matt and scuba dive. So he's very familiar with water. Scuba diver. Yeah. So scuba diving is like what they, I guess, call a a controlled risky activity because you have to kind of be prepared for unexpected situations to come up, which they won't, you know, majority of the time they won't, but you're fucked if you're not prepared. Right. And Um, I think, I think too, like, let's just say something, Let's say he encountered somebody. If he encountered somebody on MDMA, he's gonna be like, even if it's even if it's a mix with, with cocaine, he's gonna be like, he's not gonna be approaching that situation as this guy's one, you know, fighting. He's gonna be like, oh hey, like you know, there MDMA yeah. makes you like feeling kind of like yeah, loosey goosey, like hey, you yeah. wanna touch me? I wanna touch you, you know, kind of thing. So he would be a he would be a really easy person. <clears throat> to pick off if somebody were to, to, you know, come at him basically. Right. Right. No, it's true. Um, his brother, Matt stated, you know, that they do like, they did go out all the time. They like to hike. They were very active outdoorsy people. Um, but Chris also loved, uh, the game of lacrosse and he actually coached and mentored, um, young men he worked at homegrown lacrosse hmm. in Minneapolis he was the he was the CFOO and the youth coach so i mean and he also was a competitor so this is this is going to this is going to sound crazy mm-hmm. but or this is going to sound like woo woo i'm a little woo woo right now but the guy lucas homan his case is uh, takes place in La Crosse, Wisconsin. Uh, what? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God! Happenstance. <laughs> I know. Look at us. That's right. 
That's we're, crazy. <laughs> we're like we're like two regular old Angela Lansbury's over here. <laughs> R.I.P. She had to go, but you know what? From her ashes, we sprung up. You know yeah. What I mean? Thanks, Ange. Thanks. Oh. <laughs> God. Oh, she's rolling in her grave right now. She's like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, She's we're going to get... Okay, so... <laughs> so, Lindsay Lohan, Angela Lansbury's family. We're going to get... We're going to get sued! <laughs> well, you can't sue somebody that doesn't have any money, so good luck. Yeah, sorry. Good luck. Sorry. Come at us. <laughs> yeah. But so... Really. Don't really... <laughs> yes. <laughs> Please. <laughs> no. The the game of lacrosse. This is why, again, like it's kind of not a viable story to me. Uh, I mean, it it is, but in a way, it isn't because okay. So the game of lacrosse, it's very much requires um, coordination and like agility. Right. It's not so much brawn as it mm-hmm. is. Like, your speed and your having control over your body. So, um, I don't know. I mean, that to me, it's another, like, maybe it could be or couldn't be, but I mean, I think it is just because he was found farther away than the others. Why? He fits all the same stuff. Oh, I agree. And you know what? Um, when I was doing Lucas's case, the thing is, is that, in La Crosse, Wisconsin, it has the highest number of these drownings. So, really? Yeah. So, and that was in, in when was this? This was in 2018? 2018. 2018. Yeah. So, the, the killings or the drownings in La Crosse, Wisconsin kind of died off by, like, I think, like, 2009, mm-hmm. 2010. So, mm-hmm. I mean, the theory is, too, I've heard Detective Gannon uh, when he was interviewed another on other uh, podcast is that he he believes that there's two men that go to these bars a younger man and an older man and what they what they'll do is they'll go to these bars and they'll the younger man will kind of like talk to to the the other patrons and like kind of fish out who you know is athletic where they're from, like out of town, or, or if they're not from out of town, they'll suss out like what credentials they have. Um, right. So if this, if if these are the same people that are part of this group, and they they wanted to pay homage, now this I know this is going to be a little, this is going to be a little like wackadoo. Okay, I I realize I sound like a conspiracy theorist. All right, I get it, but listen, but if they want to pay homage to to previous like like drownings then why not go for somebody who's kind of connected like lacrosse but if there's if there's a guy who plays lacrosse religiously and then you know what i mean and then right and then pay homage to lacrosse wisconsin i don't know that's kind of a crazy coincidence and then the yeah. whole and then remember the whole lakeshore thing yeah yeah lakeshore um there's just a ton there. Yeah. There's just a ton of coincidences like Bridget, like Bridget Dunlap. I'm just going to keep. <laughs> yeah. Like Bridget Dunlap. I mean, she like yes. Bridget Dunlap, because a lot of these dudes like visit 
bars that Bridget Dunlap owns. So is it that something fucked up is going on with Bridget Dunlap or her staff or whatever, or does she just own a lot of bars? I mean, it's, I mean, it's the same thing with the holiday Inn. the holiday Inn keeps popping up too. And it's like, yeah, I realize that, that, that the water does go from, you know, West to East and, and the, the bridge is right there, but like, Martin Gutierrez, he was like last seen alive by that bridge. And, and, you know, and like, and why was uh, Aaron Rublick, why did he get dropped off there? You know, when he lived on range. It's a bunch of weird. Yeah. The holiday Inn, the bars, the, the coincidences, like there's just so many. Yeah. Connections between people, and you know, and it could just kind of be like, oh, you're reaching, but I mean, are we? <laughs> I mean, at this point, really? like, who knows? I mean, there's there's things that are, like happen every day that are little, you know, synchronicities, and and like, I don't know, like if 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 a group is so organized to be this underground for this long without being caught they're they're systematic you know what i mean like they they know what they're doing they they probably have tabs on every victim everywhere across the united states is what yeah. i would guess yeah someone's, I would... someone's like keeping a tab so to pay homage i i don't think is that far of a stretch but i mean some people would even argue that none of these deaths are even like connected you know right so yeah I mean, it just just all depends on what, on your own personal beliefs about it and what. Yeah. But, but I mean, it's, but to me, what I really want to know, and and like, I know that we're both really busy, like I work all the time and, but I really, I, and I, maybe some of our listeners can like, like join in on this or, 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 or write their own theory on our Facebook page. But like, why are these guys separating from their group? Like what is happening? Like what, like what is causing these guys to leave on foot places? Yeah. You know? Cause that's what, that's, I mean, every single one of these dudes is just randomly walking off, you they know? Are. And, and in the case of Aaron Rubrick, like he was supposed to be heading home and he just ends up at the holiday inn, you know, and they're not giving any explanations um, to the people that, they're with they're just going missing and you know what too with Aaron Rubrik like if you look on his Twitter he's the type of guy that would take an Uber to a destination instead of walk you know what I mean yeah yeah absolutely he he was more like tech bro and like and and less like Martin Gutierrez who was like working out all the time and like you know, these guys want, like, wanted to walk. So I don't, it's yeah. just bizarre to me. And I, I, I would love to hear what other people thought, like what their theory is on that, because it beats the hell out of me. Yeah, I would too. Cause I don't have any, I mean, I don't have any ideas. I, uh... well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> I do know that Detective Gannon has also talked about how they theorize if there's two guys at the bar, like they said before, a younger guy and right. an older guy who's kind of like instructing instructing the younger guy to yeah, like yeah. get uh, get to know him. They think that the younger guy will probably try to convince the the victims to like 
to like meet them somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But right. I don't, it's just, we don't know because there's no evidence of any of it. You know, yeah. but you're out there with these people. You all came together or you met up there or whatever. You meet somebody at the, at a bar or really anywhere, you know, and for whatever reason, you think that it's a smart idea because they're telling you like, Hey, why don't you go ahead and like meet me over here? Do yeah. you like, do you not tell the people who you like, who does not tell the people who you came there well, with or you met with like, Hey, I'm going to leave. I'm doing this. You know well, what I mean? I, well, as far as we know, these men are heterosexual and, and they're cis. So these cis yeah. heterosexual men, they don't have fear because they don't really, it's, it's privilege, right? They don't have right to worry about. Yeah, right. Not, they don't typically have to worry about like violent situations unless they're the perpetrators. Right. right. Like there's no hate crimes. Exactly. They're not worried yeah. about hate crime. They're not worried about the police, you know, beating them up. They're not worried about being uh, sexually assaulted because they're not women. You know what I mean? Right. Right. That's why that's why these that's why they make great and easy targets because they don't they don't think they don't have to, you know, yeah. where if it was us and we talked about this on the first episode, if it mm-hmm. was us, we would be like, what the hell? Where are you going? Don't, don't go with that man. If you hear a background noise, it's my dog. He's doing, we lay down. Thank you. Um, <laughs> will you just shut the hell up and go to sleep? Oh, okay. <laughs> um, that being said, are you ready to hear about my guy? I am. Let me let me hear it. On September 30th, 2006, 21-year-old University of Wisconsin lacrosse student Lucas Homan went with some friends to downtown lacrosse to celebrate Oktoberfest. According to one of Homan's friend, friends, he left Lucas with another friend, Austin Scott, 18 at the time, at the Vibe Bar about half a mile from the Mississippi River. First of all, what I want to know is why is that baby at a bar if he's 18? Yeah, 18. That is crazy what? to me. Don't they, do they not they card ID. people? Oh, Probably. yeah. God, fake ID. I never thought about that. I'm so innocent. <laughs> <laughs> innocent girl. Never I'm thought just about a, it. I'm such a good girl. Um, 12 years later, that same friend would, re- would recall to Detective Gannon's team, quote, we had no reasons to be by the water. Um, the weekend before the question had come up about Luke coming to lacrosse and the deaths that had c- occurred in the water. And Luke had said, you pretty much had to be a dummy to drown in the river, because if you were to leave the bar and see the river, you know, you're going the wrong direction. Uh... So at this time, when Luke, when Luke had come to lacrosse for school, there had already been drownings right in in the Mississippi river. Like they had already brought the attention, you know, of the media. How many do we know? Um, I know in total, there was about 20. Damn. Damn. That night. I know it's fucking bizarre. It's what's happening here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. That night at the vibe bar would be the last time he would see his friend Lucas Holman alive. 
On October 2nd, 2006, the body of Lucas Homan was pulled from the bottom of the Mississippi River after a canine unit led the search party to the banks near the stormwater discharge drain. Um, I just want to point out, though, that this is also in October, and a lot of these, I feel like October is a, is, is a common month. Yeah, October is a big, big month. Um, yeah. Because Christopher White was October also. Well, I think Cole Christensen was October because he was also here for ACL. Yeah, Cole Christensen, Aaron Rublick were also was October. When Lucas Holman's body was recovered, investigators noticed red scratches on his forehead and, and later under further investigation, his hands and arms as well, suggesting the wounds on his hands were defensive in nature. Do we know, like, what side of the hands the... The wounds on his hands were on the back of his of his hands. Okay. So, yeah. So, it, and his arms as well. And, in fact, um, I don't really talk about it as much, but um, the original medical examiner did suggest that um, the markings on his forehead and on his hands were due to um, being dragged along the bottom of the Mississippi because there is a bunch of rebarb. There is a bunch Uh of human like trash. um, And there's also a bunch of rocks. It's very muddy down there. Yeah. But the thing about the thing about the markings on his forehead is that they were, they were both horizontal and vertical and normally, yeah. And normally if, if a body is being, is, is being dragged, you you know you're usually because of the current going one way correct correct yeah so the medical interesting i know so the original medical examiner like kind of just glossed over that and didn't really dig too deep too too deep into it and just suggested that he just kind of was that was due to like the movement of the water um so yes that's a that's a good question did you have something else? Well, I'm glad say? I asked it. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> we're, we're getting so good at this. Okay. <laughs> um, on the night of his disappearance, Austin Scott told, that's his friend who was 18, told the La Crosse Police Department that Lucas got into a verbal disagreement with three other men and shortly after left the bar by himself. Other witnesses said they heard there was a physical altercation in the alleyway, but it was never confirmed Lucas was involved. So this is really interesting because actually what happened with Austin Scott in the future was that he got um, he got charged with interfering with police um, investigation because his story changed, which I thought was was kind of like, woo, 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 woo. But yeah. it does. It did turn out that he was actually not involved at all with Lucas's disappearance. But what he had said was that he said the first what he told the police was that it was just a verbal argument, and then later told his friends that it, there was a physical altercation. Um, but either way, Lucas or Lucas left without without him. So, so we, we're not entirely yeah. So we're not entirely sure. Um, the, the hands, I mean, like it, if he did get into a physical altercation, it would make sense because of the defensive wounds on his hands. Right. Exactly. Covering your face or your body. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> um, 
the La Crosse Police Department ultimately ruled his death as a as a drowning due to acute alcohol and attributed the cuts on his forehead and hands to his body scraping along the bottom of the Mississippi that is known to host rebar, rocks, mud, and other debris, both natural and man-made. Um, despite his body being in good condition, no slippage, very little bloating, the medical examiner still theorized that Lucas tripped and fell into the Mississippi where he hit his head and drowned. Blood alcohol content, I think it was like 0.32, which is high. Yeah. But the but but it should be noted that Luke let the Lucas was six foot three. Um and he I think I so when I when I first started looking into his case, I read somewhere that he was close to like two hundred and thirty pounds. But uh-huh. all I could, but then I couldn't remember where I read that from, and all I could find was um, a description of him um, when he was playing basketball in high school, and they said he was six foot three and one eighty. So I'm assuming that he would like you know gained weight during college. Well, but if you're six foot three and two hundred over two hundred pounds, like point three two, I don't think is that bad. Yeah, like, that's not gonna hit you that hard. No. Um, Lucas Holman was thought to be at the bottom of the Mississippi for over 50 hours, um, which we all know. This is this is another common thing. The police are like, oh, he drowned. He's been in the water for X amount of time. And then then Detective Gannon's team's like, well, but he doesn't look like he's been in the water for that long. Why is he so beautiful you know what I mean yeah like no slip it no slippage and everything but he's been in the water for 50 hours yeah exactly that don't make no sense no no bloating Mm -mm. very little very little no um listen we know okay we know we've been doing this at least for five weeks we know (laughs) (laughs) well we're We're gonna solve these crimes that's right yeah um Law enforcement officially closed Homan's case in 2006, despite Lucas Homan being one of more than 20 young men who had mysteriously drowned in the Mississippi River in La Crosse, Wisconsin. They, I mean, it's the same MO every fucking time. Yeah. Dudes get drunk, yeah. they leave their friends, the cops find them, they're like, well, it's just, it's getting repetitive at this point. I don't yeah. Well, and that's what that's what I think that the that's what I think that the police are playing off of because we've gone over how hard it is for them to um, investigate and and to prove that a drowning is a homicidal drowning, but also like statistically, men do drown quite a bit more than than women do, but. I mean, if you also want to examine the the breakdown of these statistics, yeah. it's men who are not men, but it's it's uh, the male species who are <laughs> who are like between the ages of like four and twelve who are just learning how to swim. Who you know? So I mean, yeah, typically it is more men uh, who. Or males who drown accidentally, but they're also like kids who 
are don't know how to swim well and are unsupervised. Well, you also have to kind of question the statistics after like knowing these cases, because if if the police are just pulling bodies out of the water and being like, oh, they drowned and not really investigating, then that that's going towards the statistics, too. Yeah, exactly. So like. Exactly. So and and we know that there's enough evidence to question it, you know, from the Internet. You know what I'm saying? Like, so how can how can we even trust those statistics? Yeah, you can't. In 2019, Detective Gannon and his team met with former FBI dive team leader and underwater forensic expert Bobby Chacon. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Chacon, Chacon. Okay, hang on. Ch- Chacon. Chacon. Okay, Chacon. Chacon. Every single one of these fucking guys have a weird ass name. I don't understand. I it. Think, but like, is that a requirement? Is to have a stupid <laughs> ass fucking name? To yes, be it for, is. For, for, it's like you. what you can't. You can't be a fucking scientist if your name is Smith. Give me yeah. a break. <laughs> God, plain names aren't smart enough, sweetie. You've got to have multiple not. syllables in there. Well, that explains a lot because my last name is common as hell to re-examine luke's autopsy report and photographs by looking at the injuries on luke's upper body Chacon theorized that they had been inflicted before his remains entered the water so what happens basically is after if if an injury occurs to somebody that's Uh post-mortem after they after they've died there's your heart's not pumping so there's no blood right exactly so the fact that his markings on his body had were red, it sh- it would determine in the case that he was still yeah, alive. He was still alive. I've seen bodies that have been beat up post mortem. Explained Chacon. It's usually white or it's no color at all because there's no blood. The body doesn't send blood post mortem. Chacon also told Gannon and Gilbertson that he saw zero decomposition in parts of Homan's remains. If you're going on the assumption, as the medical examiner apparently did, that the body was in the water 50 plus hours, the, the traditional things that I used to see on bodies that were in the water that long, I don't see it on this body. Chacon said that if Lucas had been in the river for more than two days, like the police said, his body would have been covered with much more mud and debris. Based on the autopsy photos, Chacon estimated Lucas Holman was only in the water for three to 12 hours. Oh. So he, just like Todd Guybe, they theorized. Just got slipped in there. Just got slipped in there. Yeah. And here, this is also, this is really interesting too, because in 1997, when it was the first, you know, Patrick McNeil, and then followed by uh, Larry Anderson, Uh those, those two guys were missing for, you know, 50 days, 45 yeah, days. Yeah, it was a long time. It was a long time. <clears throat> Todd Guy was missing for two weeks or a right. month, I think. And now and now we're down to, um, and that was in 2005. And now we're up to 2006. And um, and Lucas was only missing for, for three days. Right. So I, I think, I, and you know, with, with technology between 2000 and, and, uh, four to 2007 we had Uh insane strides of technology i mean no that's true you know like like the advances were so fast during that time that like it would make sense if 
if the theory is correct about the smiley face killers, it would make sense that, that they would stop holding them for so long. Gannon went on to seek further help from William Moore, a forensic toolmark analyst. Moore hypothesized the markings on his forehead, still red when Holman's body was pulled from the water, was imprints made from the right toe of a boot. Horizontal and vertical scratches were caused by a pebble or rock embedded in the grooves of the boot, suggesting he was pinned down by a foot. So, which makes... Which makes a lot of sense, right? Because if if Luke was was kidnapped or you know nabbed up, yeah, and they were they were going to torture him. He's six foot three. He's a right. big guy. Yeah, he's a big guy. He's going to need multiple people to hold him down. You yeah. know. Um, Lucas Holman was a star basketball player, standing at six foot three and weighing and weighing almost two hundred pounds. It would make sense if multiple people had to hold him down at different points of his body. After receiving the clothes Holman's remains were found in, Gannon then sought the help from Jackson Kalowski, a a forensic scientist specializing in touch DNA, and Jared Bradley, who is associated with the the MVAC system, which is specifically designed to collect DNA evidence from bodies submerged in water. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. That's so, cool. Yeah. So in 2006, they didn't have touch DNA. They didn't have the MVAC. So they couldn't do, you know, all these things when he was found. Yeah. Um, neither Kalowski or Bradley found any DNA evidence on, on Holman's clothes, but they... But they did find fluorescent orange paint that popped up immediately. Test results concluded the paint to be a spray nail polish, often used in graffiti, near the banks of the wild Mississippi where Lucas Holman's body was recovered, was a spray-painted bright orange smiley face. Damn. But the spray is spray paint nail polish? Yeah. Apparently apparently like they use it in graffiti. That's just like Todd Todd God. Yeah, cuz they found a smiley face. And did they find other smi- other smiley faces so far or no? Well, I think they yeah, they did around Patrick McNeil and they did um, with Larry, because Larry Andrews and Patrick McNeil were in the same area. Yeah, so they, super similar. Yeah, they did. Yeah, so they they found they did find the smiley face um, around there because he was the original. He was the first victim, right? Patrick yeah. McNeil. So I don't know about Brian Wellsian, and he was the guy that was that ended up in um, Indiana when he went missing in Chicago, remember? Yeah. I don't know about him. They didn't, I didn't, I didn't find any find information on that. Else. But yeah, isn't that bizarre that they found flecks of like mm. orange? <laughs> and then yeah, was, that's. And then it was like there right next to where he was, his body was found. That's fucking insane, dude. You know, the guys in Austin, they're kind of keeping it like hush hush, but I do like Martin, Gutierrez next week 
I was like kind of going, so I started at the Holiday Inn going down the maps and yeah. there is a piece of graffiti. It's nothing like super cool. It just says fuck cops. And, but well, I mean, it's like right there next to where he was found. So, yeah. And I mean, and this was an, I mean, and here's the thing too, is if it's not documented right away, then it's, you know, like. They could have been, it could have been scrubbed off. It could have been repainted over. So, yeah, you know, in the viral group, they have a lot of, there is like smiley face evidence that um, they've shared. And I think I shared it to the Discord for you. So I you did probably, see it. Yeah. So there's definitely been some smiley faces. Yeah. Around like Austin. A, around around Austin. Austin. We just, yeah. We, we haven't been able to, I mean, I didn't, I, because you you wanted to do the the guys in Austin, so I haven't really been paying attention. But um, but I'm sure if you were to like, you know, I'm sure you could find it, or I could probably go down there. I thought you were gonna go, um, but you, my, you guys had to had to change plans, right? Yeah, because my friend Carissa, who I go, uh, so she like goes fishing a lot on town on um Ladybird Lake, but she got rear-ended and. When it happened, she hit her head and it fucked up her her head. So she's so she has like issues um, sometimes with her equilibrium. So if she's just not uh-huh. feeling good, like then we, you yeah. know. So she wasn't That's feeling good. good. Yeah. Oh, I know. Oh, she's Poor a baby. tough old. She's a tough old broad. Oh, don't say that. She'll fall in love with you. God. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> tough it up. Tough it up. <laughs> <We're back> together. <laughs> Yeah, walk it <laughs> off. Come on. I'm sorry to tell your whole life story, Carissa, but yeah, you're Carissa, my, sorry. But you're my friend, so you know this is glad this you're is, glad you're feeling better. Yeah, this is part of it. This is a uh, <laughs> this is part. You don't pay me. You don't pay me to be your friend. So this is what you get. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, I should pay her to be my friend. To be honest. Oh. I know. Um, I'm surprised the whole Todd guide story, the, the one that we did before this, um, mm-hmm. before Raul, like, like that one was super creepy. And I, and that yeah. one just hasn't had as many listens, which is bizarre to me, but you know, and, and Todd guides, uh, case, I've seen a couple of different people go, go over it and, um, not none as well as us. Wow. I'm just going to go ahead and pat myself on the back there. Yeah. So I, you know, and that is like, that was super creepy. Listening to you explain everything was really like nerve wracking. Yeah. I I feel so bad, like obviously for him, but for his mom and. Oh my God. Yeah. Because especially, yeah, you know, instinctually that something is wrong and the police just are not like listening to you, you know? Like, I mean, and and I've had, I've had people approach me cause you know, I've had like Cindy, but she right. was like, that is so creepy. And how does he stand up? And I, to be honest, I have no idea how Todd Gibe's body ended up in, in, in a standing position. A I don't, position. yeah, I have no idea. There was no weights on his legs. It just happened. So I'm sure, I'm sure there's somebody eventually, hopefully that. A forensic Smart. expert with a complicated name. Yeah. 
Yeah. We'd love to hear from you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We would love to hear from you. If it, you know, if, if you have 10 letters or more in your name, we're, we want to hear about it. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Give us your opinion. (laughs) Give us your opinion. We know, you know, but but maybe, but yeah, maybe somebody can in the future explain it to us because that I couldn't find the, the information that I got about his case didn't really go into it. So I have no idea. I would I would assume it had to do with like his gas the gas in his in his body. But I Oh don't yeah. Know. Hey, hey, you're something of a of a forensic expert yourself. No, I, that just makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, no, I mean just logically that's what I would think, but I don't I don't know. I mean like I I make jewelry. I'm a master beater, you know. I know. Yeah. Everybody knows what, what I'm I, saying. Everybody knows. Everybody knows. Wow. <laughs> well, on that note, maybe we should uh, do our missing persons. All right. All right. So this mess- missing person is a little bit more of a um, priority case because... Um, the person, this person's family does believe that she could possibly be, be in the middle of a mental health crisis. So her name is Kaylana Turner. She's 27 years old. She's five foot four inches and weighs approximately 127 pounds. Uh, she was last seen in the Holly Creek area of Tomball, Texas, March 10th, 2023. Family does believe she made her way to Austin and are concerned she might be going through a mental health crisis, but she is not dangerous. Please call Rosa Calhoun at 409-363-0837 if you recognize her, or you can get a hold of Mark with Equisearch at 713-376-8467. Okay, well, I think that it concludes our episode five. Great job. Yeah, good job. Um, if you want to join our Facebook, we would love to have you. It's, it's Nosy Nancy's podcast. And send, a, could... send a request. <laughs> send a request. <laughs> send a request. Send a request and we will maybe let you in. No, we will. Automatically. Like, yeah, you don't wait a second yeah we're we're right on there yeah we have no lives um or if you want to follow us on instagram that'd be really great it's nosy nancy's um or you can follow us on tiktok i think that's nosy Nosy nancy's i think it's nosy i think it's nosy nancy's podcast nosy nancy's podcast or nosy nancy's so if you don't find it under one then try the other Try the other. Uh, we have a Twitter. Dozy Nancy. Um, and you can always email us. Um, we are looking still for listener stories. So that's nosynancy's at gmail.com. That's N-O-S-E-Y-N-A-N-C-I-E-S at gmail.com. That's, I think that's it. That's it. That's it. All right, so next week we're going to be covering, uh, I'm going to be doing Martin Gutierrez, so that's very exciting. Um, Do you know who you're doing? Not a clue, but I do know that he is going to be a male. So Okay, well, that fits 
the profile. So uh, tune in next week for Martin Gutierrez and Aliqua's uh, Mystery Man. Stay tuned. Ciao. Say love. Be my.